This is Random Discourse, the podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Random Discourse podcast. We'll be discussing all things NFL, the week that was in week one, the week that will be in week two, and everything in between. Uh, Tonight, or today, tomorrow morning, whenever you listen to this, I have Eric with me. Eric, say what's up. What's going on? And we have Brian. Brian, say hello to the people. Good evening. Oh. it's pretty much self-explanatory what we're going to be talking about. Like I said, it's, we're talking NFL, and well, we might as well just jump right into it. Um, week one, week one was full of full of anticipation. People were ready for some NFL football. You know, they got their fix in with college football. You know, helping out, but there's a lot of there is a huge um, percentage of the population that likes football, but they more so like the NFL more so than anything else. And I don't blame them, but I will say that uh, I was pretty underwhelmed by by some people in week one, some players. I, I want to say and the return, I, I would say the return of Adrian Peterson was a really lackluster in that respect. Because, you know, everybody made this big big deal about him coming back and how he would affect that Vikings offense, and I, it just really didn't happen. But, of course, it is week one. And I wanted to see if teams were starting to get returns on their investments um, with all these contract extensions that happened right before, you know, the uh, season was getting ready to kick off. So um, I would say, Eric, what – what intrigued you the most, or what would you say? What What were your thoughts prior to Week One, or about Week One? So, just just a couple of thoughts, maybe that you had. Eric, you with us? You breaking up? Oh, Eric's having a little technical difficulties. Let me pose this question to Brian. Brian, give me what were some of your thoughts that you had? Well, heading into the week, I think my number one thought was I'm a quarterback junkie. I love watching quarterbacks play and there's obviously none better than the ones that do it in the National Football League. Um, Started off on Thursday night with Tom Brady and and, uh, Ben Roethlisberger putting on a pretty good show for us and then I was very very much looking forward to seeing how Peyton Manning will rebound from last season. Uh, Watching a good uh, matchup of Phillip Rivers and uh, Matt Stafford. Wanting to see what Romo would do, how Drew Brees would rebound. So just watching the quarterback play is what I was really looking forward to heading into the week and I think they lived up to the billing, most of them at least and then one of the things that came weekend that I really wanted to touch on as an opening thought is watching that St. Louis-Seattle game, it was amazing to me. And here's what I mean. At the end of last season, everybody remembers the last play of the Super Bowl. One of the last plays of the Super Bowl, it was one yard to go at, at the goal line for Seattle. Everybody said, why didn't you just run Marshawn Lynch? He would have got the touchdown. He would have got the touchdown. It would have been so easy. It's beast mode. Well, Pete Carroll in overtime at fourth and one, and they knew they were going to run Marshawn Lynch. They ran him and lost two yards. And in my opinion, I, th- I, ho- I hope that's a good lesson to the average football fan that getting one yard in this league is very, very difficult. And if they would have run that play against New England, maybe they would have got in or maybe they would have lost two yards. So I just hope that the average fan that's watching this every day realizes that, hey, getting, getting, getting a yard or two in the NFL is no easy task. 
I, I, I agree. I agree. So, Eric, let, now, now that we got you uh, back with us and, and we got you in good technical standing, um, what was give, give me a couple of thoughts you had just on week one before well, you die, get dive head first into it. Aside from aside from the almighty Tom coming and doing what he does, um, I, I, I want to highlight the Buffalo Bills. Um, I, I picked them as a sleeper team. I, I wouldn't give a record uh, last week because I was scared because it was just the, the, the preseason. But uh, the Buffalo Bills, I don't want to overreact, um, but the Buffalo Bills made a believe out of me, and I'm very interested to watch them uh, the rest of the year. I want to see if Tyrod Taylor um, can be everything that Geno Smith was not for uh, Rex Ryan while he was in New York. I think they have a, a phenomenal defense. I think that division is tough. That division went undefeated uh, this week. So, I, I but I, I look forward to the Buffalo Bills, man. I want to see what they got this week coming up. Okay, okay, I, I, I can respect that. I can respect that. Well, I mean, Eric, you 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 brought up something. Um, hey, well, you might as well just continue with the Buffalo Bills because they, I mean, they they had a, a tough Week One matchup with the Indianapolis Colts, and they didn't make it seem to look like it was a uh, tough game at all. They really dominated the Colts to the tune of, you know, forcing three turnovers and holding the Colts offense to uh, 304 total yards, which I know a lot of people say 304 total yards. That's a lot of yards. But when you're talking about a prolific Colts offense or an offense that's touted to be very prolific, I mean, that's – really not a lot of yards i will say one thing that did stand out to me that that maybe could cause some issues for the colts down the road if they don't rectify this sooner than later is that you go and make a pickup of of frank gore who's been a very durable back and very productive back throughout his career and you don't try to establish him early against a, a very stout uh, Bill's defense. And I think that if the Colts continue down that road of trying to throw to throw to open up the run, that's not going to work. And they're going to end up in the same position that they ended up last season at home watching the Super Bowl. That, that, I mean, that's just me, Brian. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I thought uh, watching that game, Buffalo kind of jumped out to a lead. I said, you know what, they'll get it back. They'll go ahead and ride for maybe get a few play action passes, get back in the game. But they seem to never be able to establish an identity in that game. And I give half of that uh, as, as a blame to Indianapolis and the coaching staff and Andrew Luck. And half of that, though, I give credit to Buffalo because Rex Ryan has infused a ton of energy, a ton of belief in that team. That's a young team, an impressionable team. And he's been able to come right in there and get them motivated and realize, hey, we can win this division and we may even be able to compete for a Super Bowl. I like what I saw as well. Yeah. Um, um, well, can, can, can I say this? Last mm-hmm. week, um, I, got, I got laughed at when I gave a stat about how good the, um, the Buffalo Bills defense has been against some of the best quarterbacks in the league. And all they did was do the same thing again against Andrew Luck, you know. And I, I really – I think, I think like you just said, Brian, I think Rex Ryan is going to take that defense to the next level. And I, just, I think the more important thing is he might have just found that quarterback he was looking for that he couldn't find in Geno Smith and Tyrod Taylor. Uh, okay, uh, that's what I was going to say. Is Tyrod Taylor actually going to be a playmaking quarterback or is he just the game, the type of game-managing quarterback that Rex Ryan needed 
or he had, so to speak, in in New York with Mark Sanchez. Uh, Carlos, nice of you to join us. Hey, let me let me pause real quick. Carlos is is here. He's with us. He's joining. And um, when it's time for him to, to to say something, we will. He's having a little technical difficulties. Sorry, but is is now back to what I was saying. Is Tyrod Taylor a game manager or playmaking quarterback? Eric, what do you think? I believe that Tyrod Taylor can be a playmaking quarterback um, when need be. I think if he can just not turn the ball over, he seemed to have. He, I don't want to make this comparison. Don't don't get me wrong no, when I make, make this. Comparison. I'm not asking you to make a comparison. I just want to know what you think. Do you think he's a playmaker, or do you think he's a, a, he a has play, game manager? I think he has playmaking ability. I, I think he has playmaking ability, and I think he's going to break a lot of defenses down. Um, you know, later on in the year, I, I think he's going to break some guys down. He, okay. he kind of reminds me of some quarterbacks that can get out of the pocket, and that's what he did against uh, the right. Indianapolis Colts. Well, I, I wanted to know what Brian thought too. So, Brian, what do you think? Game manager, playmaker, and then we'll go. We'll move. We'll move on to to another game. I think the best thing about Tyrod Taylor is he's right in the middle. He knows how to not turn the ball over, as Eric mentioned. He's very consistent with the and he doesn't try to do too much. And in that offense, when you're talking about Percy Harvin, Sammy Watkins, uh, Robert Woods, LaShawn McCoy, you don't have to do it all. Let those playmakers do it for you. And I think he's perfect uh, for that system this year. Okay, so let's let's talk about another quarterback. Let's talk about Tony Romo. And has is it is it finally time for, for Tony Romo to shed the, the or for us to get rid of the narrative that Tony Romo is a choker that he can't come through when the game matters the most? Is it time to, to get rid of that? I think it's been time. I think he's been a top five quarterback in my list uh, for about four or five years. He hasn't gotten the help from people around him. He, ha- he didn't have the offensive line, didn't have the defense, and he didn't really get it done in the playoffs, which is what people, quarterbacks are measured by. But if you really look at statistics and game-to-game um, playmaking ability, Tony Romo has been top five for the past five years as far as I'm concerned. All right. Um, anybody anybody care to disagree or agree with that? I mean, because I- – Statistically speaking, yes, in terms of yards and touchdowns, he's been a very, very, very good quarterback, a great quarterback. I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with you due to the fact that I feel like New York gave him the game. It, it, he shouldn't have even been in the game in the first place. Um, New York, all, Eli Manning all but handed them the game. So, you know, Tony Romo shouldn't have even been in position to <clears throat> – in the game, he did it. He got it done. It looked great. Um, uh, okay, so did, but do you blame that on Tony Romo? That's the thing because New York gave him the game. That that wasn't Romo's fault. Um, I mean, you you can't say that Romo's not a good quarterback because the other team didn't make the plays. You can't say Romo's not a good quarterback because he's had subpar defensive play that has let him down time and time again and put him in a position to come back. I mean, you you really can't say that. It's it's one of those things. It's kind of like – he got the – he he got that moniker because – he was always trying to come back from a deficit that is that his team put him in. And so when you're when you're trying to do that, you're going to be 
forcing things that you want, might not normally do or, or enforcing throws that you might, might not normally make if it's the first quarter. But it's the fourth quarter and you, you're trying to drive to, to get within a, a score or to, to tie the game. I mean, that's going to be something totally different and that, that'll cause something a, a whole lot more. I mean, but one thing that did, it, that did stand out to me and that's something that I think is going to be a running, uh, a running joke. I want to say is how much time Tony Romo actually had in the pocket. I'm not sure if Carlos can can hear us or if he's able to join us. I know he's here. Let let I, I want to know what Carlos thinks. Um, can can you gentlemen hear me? <clears throat> yeah, am I coming yeah. through? Yeah, you're good. Um, I'm I'm definitely higher on Tony Romo compared to most people, especially Eric. I know how he feels about Tony Romo. I I think top five is a little too high, man. But um, I, I think he's a top, top-tier top quarterback. Again, a lot of the stuff that goes on with Tony Romo, it just happens the team that he plays for. Um, there's always going to be extra scrutiny when you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He does have some Brett Favre in him where um, just like there's games, like you said, it wasn't his fault where he's trying to bring his team back. There's games like uh, the beginning of last year, the last season's opener against the 49ers, where he just threw three interceptions and threw the game away. Every Everyone remembers years ago with the whole uh, fumble to end the playoff game to win that game. So there's there's always seems to be a lot of randomness around Tony Romo. There's always seems to be a lot of things going on, weird things at the end of games. But I, I think... Um, I, I think it, that stigma should have been over with. I think a lot of that, again, is because he plays in Dallas. Um, he's improved. And, again, yeah, statistically, man, you can't, you can't deny what he can do. Um, they finally got him an offensive line last year. And if it wasn't for a terrible call, maybe the Dallas Cowboys are in the Super Bowl and we're not even having this discussion. So, um, I, I'm on, uh, listen, I, I'm a believer in Tony Romo, man. And um, Dallas is going to be strong this year. I would like to point out for everybody that cannot see Carlos, he comes dressed to impress. He's got on a nice shirt, costume, <laughs> everything. So, you know, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a real businessman. Yeah. All right, so what's the deal with Seattle, man? Um, there's an excellent team, but I, it, it really – they have that vibe that greed is going to get in the way of everything that they're trying to accomplish. It's, it's the disease of me, the disease of more. Everybody wants more money. Everybody wants more playing time. Everybody wants it to be more about them. And I don't know if they can be as successful with that looming over them as as a team. I mean, we already talked about it, and and Brian mentioned, you know, it's going to be scrutiny now, and, and it's the first game of the season that, oh, Marshawn Lynch, you should have gave them the ball in the Super Bowl. You're giving them the ball to win it, try to win a game in overtime, and they don't come through. But nobody is saying – I mean, even on that that fourth and one in the St. Louis game, not even to go all the way back to the Super Bowl because that's over and done with, but in fourth and one in St. Louis game, that offensive line just throughout the whole game played horrible. I mean, Russell, Russell Wilson didn't really have a lot of time, and granted that's partly on the – St. Louis Rams defensive line and Aaron Donald just collapsing that pocket himself, but also they're not as physical up front as they were last season. And um, I, I just don't know if they can maintain that type of success with that looming over them, Brian. I think it's very, as you as you alluded to, it's very difficult to have a run in this league, meaning like being good for three, four, five consecutive years. 
Uh, people, like you said, people get greedy. People say, pay me. People go to free, in the free agency, go to other teams. And as you know, right now, Cam Chancellor, the enforcer of that defense, is holding out because he wants more money. And that defense just didn't look anywhere near the same without Cam Chancellor. So I think this is a case where they're kind of caught in the middle of, oh, we're still kind of hungry and we want to play well. And, oh, we got paid, so we'll, we'll just we'll, – we, we're okay being 8-8, eight 9-7. and, eight, nine and seven. And uh, the outlook for the season doesn't look bright because the way San Francisco, St. Louis, and Arizona played in week one, I don't see Seattle coming out of that division. No. All right, Carlos, what what, what, what about this? Well, I, yeah, I don't think it's the disease of, of Moore. It's the disease of that offensive line is just not that good right now. Um, again, like like you guys both mentioned, the Cam Chancellor thing is going to hurt if he doesn't come back. It's already uh, reported that he's not playing this Sunday at Green Bay. Um and yes, um, I think Arizona might have been the best team in that division last year. Uh, they were in first place until Carson Palmer got hurt. Um, again, the offensive line is not that good. That secondary is not that good without Cam Chancellor. I won't take too much away from week one. Um, again, this makes three three times in the last four years that they've lost to St. Louis in St. Louis. Um, nobody gives them more trouble than the Rams, especially with that front seven. That's the best d-line in the league in my opinion um so i won't put too much on it but if they don't win this week at green bay they're they, i don't think they're going to win that division um i don't i'm not so sure about san francisco and as eric knows i'm a huge niners fan um I, they they look good in parts on, on monday night again i'm not going to put too much into week one but um yeah it's not it's not looking good they're definitely not as good as they've been the last few years especially on that offensive line so all right. That's how I feel. I, I, you know what? I feel you with San Francisco. I'm a Niners fan as well, Carlos. And oh, we hold, look oh, good. Hold, hold on, hold on. Let me let me give you some. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we look good. We look good in spots, but of course we we, we didn't look good all the way around. Uh, now we're talking about Seattle, and right now we spend a lot of time on Seattle, but they're getting ready to play Green Bay on Sunday. It, what is that? They have the four thirty the the four thirty game on Sunday. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think it's actually and the uh, they got the Sunday night game. They have the Sunday night game. Okay, yeah, I knew. Yeah, yeah they the do have game. the Sunday night game. Dallas and Philly is the four is the four thirty yeah. NFC game. Yeah, they're the Sunday night game, and all eyes are going to be on Aaron Rodgers in that Green Bay offense because the last couple of times that they've played well, I shouldn't even say the last couple of times they've played three times in the last since 2012 they got beat in the season opener in 12 they got beat in the season season opener last season and they got beat in the NFC championship game so with that Aaron Rodgers is going to have to play better just so you know Aaron Rodgers is on three in the la- in the last three meetings now, he's completed 64% of his passes, but he's thrown two touchdowns, three interceptions, and only thrown for 197 yards a game. That's not Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers-like. It's not even close to being Aaron Rodgers-esque. That's, that's more Colin Kaepernick stats, if, if you want to be honest. And, and, and I'm a, like I said, I'm a 49ers fan, but I'm, I'm just being real. Eric, what do you think Green Bay is going to need to do to be able to beat Seattle? First of all, I hate that you even put me on the spot with Green Bay and I have to talk about this team. <laughs> but since you asked, um, <laughs> Green Bay is going to have to run the ball. I, I, I think 
Um, Jermaine Jones got off on Allen Ball, um, but he's not going to get off on uh, Richard Sherman like that. Now, I think that um, I think that he will be able to throw on that secondary because, you know, with the loss of Cam Chancellor and Brian Maxwell, um, I think those two those two losses showed up a little bit last Sunday. Um, I think Green Bay is going to have to run the ball a little bit. And and I don't want to say turn uh, Aaron Rodgers into a game manager because that he's not. Um, but I think they just need to help him out a little bit and put him in positions to maybe play out. All right, uh, bear with us. Eric is having yeah. some technical difficulties, but I, I think he was saying something about Aaron Rodgers not having to uh, beat them, and maybe the uh, Packers controlling the ball. And which I think, I, I, I think that in order for Green Bay to win, Eddie Lacy needs to be a major factor in this game. He's got to, he's got to, and I think that uh, over the past couple of years, they've tried to incorporate him into the offense more and more week by week. But let me just point out the one thing that I think that that, that I want to point out is that um, the commonality in those three losses that Green Bay had was that that game was played in Seattle. All three of those games were played in Seattle, and that 12th man in Seattle, as we know, is a very difficult place to play. Almost as equal a difficult place to play as Lambeau Field. People just don't go up there and get wins on the road. Um, Russell Wilson's a very poised quarterback, but Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the game. He's MVP from last year. Um, I think they'll be able to run the ball. I won't make the pick yet, but I I, I see Green Bay being able to move the ball offensively, um, especially from what I saw with uh, them give the, the Rams being able to drop 34 on uh, on Seattle last week. I, if if Nick Foles can drop 34 on you, I'm afraid about what Aaron Rodgers can do to you. All right, if, if, I, I, I'm 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 with, I'm with you on that, especially at Green Bay. I'm with you on that. Go ahead, Carlos. What you got to say? Yeah. Real, real quickly, and let's not forget one of those losses. The referees gave him that game on that phantom call. I don't know if you guys remember in the end zone. Like, I'm not a Packers fan either, but, I mean, you know, that they should have won in Seattle and won that game. Um, okay. You're right. You're right. But let's talk about Chip Kelly, Nick Foles' former, former head coach. Let's talk about Chip Kelly, and he's getting ready to play the Dallas Cowboys, who we just talked about. Dallas Cowboys that happen to have the best offensive line in the game and a Eagles D that honestly when I watched them against Atlanta they looked okay in spots but they don't look to be a team that's going to be able to beat you physically on defense and that's one thing that 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 I think that Dallas is going to be able to do with that offensive line is be able to run the ball and control the line of scrimmage because Kiko Alonzo um and whoever else is on the linebacker core they're, they're a little light in the britches to 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 try to 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 play smash mouth football for four four quarters and <clears throat> I will say that Sam Bradford did look good, though, in, in, in the third quarter when he came out and got, got that yeah. team in the rhythm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, one of the it, – it's going to be a very interesting matchup of that offensive line for Dallas versus the, the, the front seven of, of Philly. I'm, I'm very nervous about how Dallas is going to look without my man Des Bryant. I mean, he is a he is a coverage problem for any team he plays. But, I mean, I don't know the last time I've seen teams play man coverage on him. They always got a safety over the top or to try to bracket them with a strong safety or a linebacker when he's running underneath routes. It's Terrence Williams' time to shine. 
I mean, he's been he's a veteran now. He's been in the league. He, he's it's, it's his time to make plays. But I don't know if the lineup of Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley, and Jason Witten looks the same as Des Bryant, Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley, and Jason Witten. And if they can't, if they can play man on the outside on those Dallas receivers and put an extra guy in the box, I don't know if that running game is going to be as effective. Uh, I don't know. Eric, you with us? Can you can you hear us? I want I want to try Eric if 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 he can hear us. No, no, I don't think he can hear. No, nah, I think he's waiting on the Bears' time. Um, no, nah, he he. Ain't <laughs> 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 I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> if he's waiting on the Bears' time, yeah. he, he he must not be playing. Well, this no, was man. the original question. I heard that trash you just said. What we talking about? We talking about, uh, 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 we talking about Dallas? Is Dallas what I'm here right now? Um, well, Philly, Philly's at home. I, I think Philly, um, Philly caught a rhythm, man. I, I think not only did they catch a rhythm, but they, they wore down, um, Atlanta in the second half. And I think that's what their offense is very good at. Um, and it's kind of wearing you down, making you, you know, be in shape to kind of hold you accountable in, in what you're doing the off season. And I think Atlanta started to show a little bit, um, you know, that, that, that they couldn't in the second half, they couldn't handle it. Um, and I, I don't know. I like them at home right now. I think they're going to come out with something to prove. Um, I, I don't. I don't know in, in terms of Dallas. I, I, I'm still struggling. Um, you know, I, I think I heard um, B say something about about Dez Bryant not being that man. I, I think that's going to be a big a big problem for them. You know, so I, I, I like I like Philly right now. Okay, I will. I will point. I will make this last point, and I want to talk about some Buffalo New England. I will say this. That for for as much as the Eagles came out to control and control tempo for the third quarter and halfway through the fourth quarter, Atlanta put a stop to that. And Atlanta's offensive line is nowhere as good as Dallas's offensive line. And they were able to get Tevin Coleman rolling. And, and that killed all the momentum that Philly had. And that and that's what allowed Atlanta to win that game. That and having the the monster that is Julio Jones, but all right, so um, we're gonna have two good two good coaching matchups in in that New England Buffalo game. You got I don't even, I don't even want to call Bill Belichick an offensive coach because that's more Josh McDaniels. But if you want to talk about the coaching matchup between Josh McDaniels' offense and Rex Ryan's defense, I mean it's. It's like you have the upper echelon and the upper echelon going against each other, and, you, and and let's see what's going what's going to happen because Josh has an ultimate weapon in Rob Gronkowski, and Rex Ryan just has an all around dominant defense, and I'm just excited for that matchup to be honest. Eric, Carlo, I, I think I'm probably more excited than anybody right now. Because it's pitting two teams that I absolutely love at the moment. I, I love Tom Brady. Everybody knows that. Um, but more than anything right now, I've been on this Bills bandwagon. Um, I'm very, very, very interested to see what the Bills can do. They've been running their mouths a lot. And like I said, um, you know, this, this this team reminds me a lot of the Jets, um, except for there's no Geno Smith. Tyrod Taylor looks a lot better than Geno Smith in only one game. I don't want to overreact, which is why I want to see them this week. I want to see what they can do, um, you know, under the lights against the big boys, especially if you've been running your mouth. You know, now it's time to show up and, and you know, meet the bully eye to eye. All right, Carlos, what, what, what about you? 
I, I agree. It's a it's a big matchup. Um, the last time that Rex had a defense this good, he he had Mark Sanchez and he beat the Patriots in the playoffs with Mark Sanchez. However, um, I think the Bills are, are, will be strong this week only because there's not enough film yet on Terod Taylor. Um, I think they'll get off to a strong beginning of the season, and then I want to see when teams start to make adjustments later on, even though I'm forecasting a little bit. I want to see how he reacts then. But as far as this week, it's a it's a great matchup. Um, I want to see Bill Belichick and how he's going to game plan for Terrell Taylor, for him, um, his mobility. Um, that's going to be just as important as anything else. Um, again, I, I wouldn't put too much into week one. Last year, the Patriots got blown out in week one by the Dolphins. They came back, came back and won the Super Bowl. I know everyone's high on the Bills. Eric doesn't stop talking about the Bills, man. And and I get it. I mean, that defense is really strong. But um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in wait and see mode a little bit uh, with Buffalo still. But it's a great matchup this week. AFC East, um, great matchup. I tend to agree with you, um, mainly because this league, more than any other league in my mind, is about consistency. Week to week, being good being able to put a winning product on the field. Uh, the Bills did amazing in week one, but I just wonder about a young team kind of sort of feel themselves a little bit. Now, Rex Ryan should be able to tame that a little bit in practice, probably motivate them to practice hard. But on the flip side of that, I think Bill Belichick has proven to be, in my opinion, the best coach of all time. And that may be another debate we, the debate we can have later. But the one thing I love about Belichick, he is has the ability to morph his team into whatever the opponent is weak at. If y'all recall last season, there were times they threw the ball 50 times and ran the ball five times. And then if they thought that the, the opponent was great in the secondary, they said, we'll run the ball 50 times and throw the ball 10 times. He doesn't mind morphing into what the opponent is weak at. The only problem is I don't know what Buffalo's weak at right now because they looked too strong in every area last week. I'm going to say that I, I'll say this. And for as good as Buffalo looked, they looked at, and as good as Tyrod Taylor looked, he looked that well with Percy Harvin being his primary receiver. You have to remember, he had no Sammy Watkins in week one. And just imagine when you get your dynamic receiver and Sammy Watkins back, how much better Percy Harvin's going to look, how much better Robert Woods will look, how much more running room that LaShawn McCoy is going to have. So Rex, I think Rex is very giddy and happy that to the situation that he fell in there. Um, yeah. And and to add one more thing, this game uh, is definitely going to mean more to the Bills and to the Patriots. Um, yeah. Buffalo can win this game. Uh, New England can get blown out in this game, and they, they'll the oh. gentlemen they'll they'll be ready for Week Three. Um, oh yeah, but uh, if Buffalo gets blown out, this could have lingering effects against uh, with their confidence dealing with New England the rest of of the season in that division. So that's one thing to look out for. I agree. <laughs> So my man Philip Rivers got paid, y'all, right? Everybody was worried about he wasn't going to get paid. Everybody was worried about he was going to get traded, especially during the draft, everything else. He went out, got paid, and then put up some numbers. I'm gonna tell you this. I got uh what's see now I'm just having I, I can't even remember the receiver. But they got rid of um god dang. Somebody help me out here. Now now my brain is my brain just stopped working on me. From uh San Diego. Yes. What's the boy that just called 15 catches, 15 passes this, this, this on Sunday? See, everybody is sitting here. Yeah. Like, oh, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> and, 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 and Vincent Jackson. Who is that? No, that's no, no. Vincent Jackson's not there anymore. And that's the thing. About? 
they got Stevie. They they did pick up Stevie Johnson, and I mean that's a good pickup for them. I I want to see more from Melvin Gordon. I didn't see a lot from Melvin Gordon, but I do think he provided a little uh, uh, some, uh, a little balance to that team, uh, more than what Brandon Oliver and Ryan Matthews and running backs of the past provided. I think they have a good tandem with with Melvin Gordon and Danny Woodhead, and Cincinnati. I, I still don't trust Andy Dalton. So every week that Cincinnati has a big game, I want to watch to see how Andy Dalton performs because this is like for him, he needs to show that on a consistent basis he can do this because he's shown that he can rely on that defense to win games for him all the time. And that's what they primarily done in that AFC North. But he hasn't gone out to really – put up gaudy numbers for a whole season and say, hey, guys, I'm going to put you on my back and I'm going to carry you. And I think this is a good QB matchup for him to see where where his standing is and has he progressed any at all. Brian, yeah, I, you were going to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree that Andy Dalton kind of has that reputation, but, you know, I live in Cincinnati and, and the, 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 the comments around here are that they want him to be better. But if you really dig down into the numbers, he hasn't been that bad for a, for a three- or four-year quarterback. And they keep putting great pieces around him. He's got Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy Hill, A.J. Green, who's a major matchup problem. And the key guy I want you all to pay attention to is Tyler Eifert. He's a kid out of Notre Dame, yes. tight end. He was hurt last year in week one, so he really didn't get to perform. Last weekend had a couple touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's a major weapon for Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton has a Pro Bowl year this year, and I think I think the Cincinnati Bengals going to win the division. I, I, I'm going to piggyback off of that, and what I was going to say was exactly what you just said. Except all I was going to say is I think Tyler Eifert is the reason that Andy Dalton's game. He has everything else, but usually quarterbacks, all quarterbacks have that big threat down the middle, that big guy, that Gronk, that that um. <laughs> What's the Antonio Gates, uh, Tony Gonzalez? You have that guy across the middle that can go and make those big catches, those big plays. And I think Tyler Eifert can be that. I thought he could be that before. Um, he was that at Notre Dame. I think he could be that for um, Andy Dalton. I, I agree. I agree. You know, I've been um, I've been pretty hard on Andy Dalton. I mean. Anybody would any anybody will tell you that if you talk to me about Andy Dalton, I'll tell you that redhead is trash. I'm, I'm sorry. And you know what? And I have the same type of thought process on Andy Dalton that I do um Peyton Manning. I was like, what you do in the regular season Whoa. is fantastic, but I need you to win for me in the second season. Yeah, but no, no. no I'm gonna tell no, you this. Yeah, I, I, no, you know what? Yeah, but I'm not comparing. No, all right. Yeah, but no. You go back and start over again. No, no, I'm not going to start over. Don't you do that? I am doing that. I am doing that because look, if if we want to, if we, you know what? Cincinnati is a good team. Cincinnati has a fantastic defense. Cincinnati has a fantastic running back. And Cincinnati has put all these pieces around Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has had these pieces before. Andy Dalton, I mean, I, I didn't go back and look up his playoff stats, but I, I'll, I'll be sure to have that for you um, next next show. But when it gets to the playoffs, how many playoff games has Andy Dalton won? Don't worry, I'll wait. Don't worry. <laughs> he hasn't won any. And that's what happens the most. It does, it does, that's the thing 
that's the problem. He doesn't win when it matters the most. It's like it's it's cool to, to breeze through and skate through in the regular season, but when you get to the playoffs, that's when your quarterback needs to step up. He doesn't do that. Listen, I, I hear you, and while I tend to agree, I don't want to put him in the same class with Peyton Manning. And I'm I don't not putting, but see, that, that's okay. I'm not putting him in the same class. Let me finish, because I understand your comparison. Let, let, let me finish. I oh, understand okay. your comparison. But what you got to remember is the majority of the time that Peyton Manning was losing, he was losing to Tom Brady. Okay, he was losing to one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So I, I you, you can't. If, if you can't hold that against him, I wouldn't hold that against Peyton Manning. You're, you're going up against one of the greatest. And and if, and if there's an argument for argument, you know, usually coaching comes down to it. He's had Bill Belichick and that defense. Tom Brady's always had a defense. I know this. Uh, Peyton Manning has rarely had a defense. When they won, they were last in rushing defense when they won in Indy. So, I, I, me personally, I wouldn't put him in that category. Me. I would say a comparison, but I wouldn't do that. All right, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. But I will tell you this: Peyton Manning is washed. Oh. He is super washed. <laughs> oh, that's the transition. Huh? Nice transition. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of quarterback hate coming. Oh my god! Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the Peyton Manning right now. Hold on, the Peyton Manning right now. Can anybody agree? Will anybody disagree with me and say that this dude is not washed right now? It's a very tough defense they I, went up against. I will disagree. Uh, Again, don't put too much. Don't, so, don't. Let's, uh, the last five games, the last the, the last five games Peyton Manning has played, he's completed 54% of his passes, non Peyton Manning ass. He's thrown more interceptions than he's thrown <laughs> touchdowns, non Peyton Manning ass. And the thing, the reason I say he's washed, it's not because he doesn't have it upstairs. He still can't read the defenses and, you know, do all of that. He can't do it physically anymore. The dude is about to be 40, man. Come on. He's not, it's never, it's not like he's been this athletic, you know, superstar. He's always out beating you with his brain. And see, he's that never been. He's never been ultra talented as far as with arm uh, strength and everything I 100% else. Because agree even when he you. came out of Tennessee, it was an issue with his arm strength. I and now, agree. But here's the thing about Peyton Manning. He's never been the most physically gifted quarterback. He's never been like a dual threat. He's never been able to run and throw. But he is the best brain to ever be at the position. And with that being said, people need to keep in mind that was week one against a tough defense, and he was learning a new offense this offseason for the first time in a long time. Gary Kubek's offense is more of a run-style offense. There's a lot more under center, and he's a lot more patient with that offense. He doesn't want to score 50 points a game and throw the ball 50, 60 times a game. He wants to control the clock and play good defense. I think as Peyton Manning learns the offense over the next couple weeks and they play a little bit of uh, easier competition moving forward, he'll get his rhythm, and by the end of the season, he'll have his 4,500 yards, his 35 touchdowns, and he'll be right there in the playoffs with another chance to make a run. And and to can you go? Am I am I coming through clear? And yeah, to add, you. Go ahead. To call. add on to that, I need more than the last four games, man, to to determine that Peyton Manning is done. Um, with this offense that they're going to be running, and as good as that defense is, he doesn't even have to throw for forty five hundred yards. Um, for them, to, he he can be a super game manager, man, and he'll be the greatest game manager of all time, and they can go to the Super Bowl. That's how good this team is. So. I'm not going to give up on Peyton again just off of week one and last season and at the end of last season. Um, I'm going to give him some time to get into this Gary Kubiak offense. Um, they're going to control the ball. They're going to run and he's going to beat teams with his brain, man. And you don't he listen. He could he could throw left handed and I, was, I won't stop giving up on Peyton. Man. That, the disrespect, the disrespect. 
take this through the roof right now for one. I'm gonna tell you this. <laughs> Anton will tell you. Anton's listening to us right now. Anton knows I've never been a big Peyton Manning fan because I've always thought Peyton Manning was a choker. I would. You know what? His <laughs> his regular season success speaks for itself. It oh, no, does. No. It speaks for itself. But as far as Peyton Manning, you know, people want to put him as the greatest ever quarterback to play the game. No, he's not. But talk. But talk to Eric. Um. Um. He could tell you about a Super Bowl that Peyton won against his Chicago Bears. You know. Yeah, I mean? the only he damn. Got Super Bowl. <laughs> but he got. <laughs> you know what? We had Rex Grossman as our quarterback. You stop that. You stop it. All right. Listen. Hey, take it easy on the Gator. Take it easy on the quarterback. You don't don't disrespect me. Listen, I'm gonna tell you this. But but give give Peyton Bill Belichick throughout his prime. Like, like and we're not even having this conversation. We're yeah. not having this conversation, and you don't know who Tom Brady is. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, but but this is the thing, man. You had like Peyton Manning has had some scrubs as head coaches, though. He has you had, had like it. he's had scrub head coaches. No, but I'm going to say this about Tony Dungy. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to say one thing. The same Tony Dungy that as soon as he left Tampa, John Gruden came and won a Super Bowl with, that Tony Dungy? Well, that's only because he played the, t- he played the team that he gave, he gave. He knew the playbook of the team in the Super Bowl. Don't oh, hand me back, on. man. Do oh, not hand me back. Hold on, yeah. hold on now. If you're running the, yeah. same, you're running yeah. the same exact I can't believe you. Really? Yes, really. Really? Yes. Did you watch that Super Bowl? No, what it was, no, what it was, was they played one of the best defenses ever. Tony, listen, Tony Dungy had one of the most vanilla defenses of all time. And I love Tony Dungy. I love Tony Dungy. He's a phenomenal coach. Tony Dungy is straight cover two all day long. All right, all right. You can run the ball on it all day long. And that's what everybody We're digressing, Eric. We digress too far. We fell in the rabbit hole. That's my fault. That's my fault. I, we I, fell down. We we went down the rabbit hole, and I fe- that's that's completely my fault. Right, so let's, I, 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 gotta I, get I, I wish I could take away points from you right now because because I. Do. <laughs> you, know what? you know what? You know what? Y'all 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 don't have to like it that I hate Peyton Man. I never liked that dude. Now, now, if we want to be honest, never liked that dude. I respect him. He's kind of like Kobe Bryant to me. Never liked him, but oh, I. Oh my god! Oh no! What are we doing? What are you doing here? Okay, now, oh my goodness. I'm just saying. I, all right, I, so. I wish you had every connection right now, man. That's all I'm going to say. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Just, just all right, so let's get back to Let's talk about the game. Let's get back to the Denver KC game. So to touch on that okay. game, the only thing that I will say is that Peyton Manning, just like Tom Brady and some of these other guys, have established such a standard for themselves that when they have one bad week, or I don't even call it a bad week. That was a, a below average week. People want to pile on like he's the worst quarterback in the world. Give the guy time. He's earned that level of respect from everybody that even glances at an NFL game. He's earned the respect to say, be patient, give him a chance to bounce back. I expect him to bounce back this week. They'll utilize the tight ends more. He'll be a little bit more accurate on his deep passes. He'll be fine. All right. I, I, you know what? I, I, I will say, I, I will say this and I, and, and, to to that respect, I did say <clears throat> even prior to the season that he he was coming into a new offense, and I think it, this offense is actually better suited for him in his older age in paid man. But as far as playing Kansas City with a with a young offensive line and them having those 
you know, monster pass rushers and Justin Houston, who, who is argue, arguably the best pass rusher. You know, there's still J.J. Watt there, but him and J.J. Watt are the only two players these last couple of seasons that have multiple 20 sack seasons. So that that's one thing you have to look for before. And I just don't know if he's going to have enough time to be able to, to, to throw the ball or to be able to make those those decisions. It, this week, just this week, not going forward, just this week, because you saw what the Ravens were able to do to him. And I think Kansas City is has better pass rushers on the outside and they have a good defense as well. And I think it's going to make Peyton Manning look just as bad this week. I, so I, 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 I actually I tend to agree that. with you. I, I, I actually tend to agree with you. And I like the fact that they're an arrowhead. And I think that's that's a big that's probably the biggest thing for me. It it, it could get ugly. Um, I I like uh, I like Kansas City. Your, your boy Alex Smith, um, was was more than efficient, especially early on in the game. Uh, you know, if he could catch a rhythm and and get Jamal Charles involved early and and just not turn the ball over, um, against that defense, that stout defense. But um, if if they can if they can focus on that man, I, I like KC man. I I think Peyton's gonna struggle again. I think he'll pick it up later on in the season, but I think he's gonna struggle again. Um, I mean, he, he, he has he uh, is <clears throat> he has tough a quick turnaround, man. That's a quick turnaround. It is. It is a quick turnaround, and he it's not. It's it. You know, I am being very critical of Peyton Manning, but I mean, when you're getting paid all that money, it, you can't be critical of him because he, he's played at such a high level. It's like Brian said, when you're at such a high level, it, it is so. It, it is real easy to critique somebody, but. To have to, to to have to face the Ravens defense and then come back and have to face the Kansas City defense, I mean that's 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 not good. That's not good. Yeah, as as high you know, as much as I defended Peyton and the Broncos, this is a tough test week too, man. This Kansas City team is a playoff team. Also, um, you talk about premier tight ends, and this guy Kelsey, man, is putting himself right. He's a matchup nightmare, man. Um, between him and Jamal Charles. Um, even as a, a, on a great defense like Denver, um, Kansas City is going to be able to put up some points, and Peyton's going to have to do better than he did last week. Um, it's going to be a tough game. Thursday night doesn't help. Um, in Arrowhead, that's a tough place to play, man. Um, that's it, going to be a tough game, uh, and that's going to be a tough division this this season as well. So I'm excited to see. But I got Kansas. Well, I, I know we're not making our predictions yet. But um, whoa, whoa, calm yeah, down, yeah, now, bro. Yeah, I know we're hey, not- he, he trying to jump the gun and everything. You know. I, 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 all right, before so, Alex Smith did throw a touchdown though to a wide receiver. Because remember last what was it last season? He, he, he almost did. He didn't throw any touchdowns to his wide receivers last season. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I, they still got Alex Smith, so you know. Yeah, I mean, that's a good gift and a curse. He ain't going to turn the ball over when he ain't going to win you no games either. All right, so everybody's been anxious to make their picks. (laughs) Everybody's so anxious to make their picks. So, Carlos, now we're going to make our picks. So, Denver, Casey, who you got? Uh, As I – as you can tell how I put my foot in my mouth like two minutes ago, uh, <laughs> I got the Chiefs, man. I got the Chiefs in this game. Um, again, it's just too early in the season. Later season, when Payton picks up that offense, um, I give them more of a chance. But Kansas City at home, 
the way they looked in week one, I know it was a bad Houston team. Um, but, I, I again, I like Jamal Charles. I like that offensive line and that defense, man. I think they're going to get it done um, okay. at home Here, tomorrow. I got Kansas City for every single thing he just said. Kansas City and, uh, tomorrow at Arrowhead. Brian? Great great players show up the most uh, when, when they're facing the fire, when they're critiqued. Um, and I think Peyton Manning shows up in Arrowhead and, and shows why he's one of, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. I got Denver. You know what? I think Peyton Manning going to go out there and try to make his arm fly off the socket <laughs> against against KC. Because as much as players like to say they don't listen to the noise, the older you get and when you know you're slipping physically, it's hard not to listen to it. It's so hard not to listen to it. And Peyton Manning is going to come out with a, a chip on his shoulder but I think Kansas City, with this early season matchup and Denver trying to still figure out that offense their run and their run game, I, I have to go with Kansas City. Plus, it, it's an arrowhead. Arrowhead has been a notoriously tough place to play. It, it's been notoriously tough. So I'm going Kansas City. So we got San Diego, Cincinnati. We got Phillip Rivers versus Andy Dalton, the trash ginger. You know what? I'm, uh, and you know what? I, it's in Cincy, so I'm gonna let the, I'm gonna let the, <laughs> I'm gonna let the Cincy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the home state man pick first, Brian. Yeah, I live about 20 minutes away from the stadium. I expect the stadium to be rocking. It's the home opener uh, for Cincinnati, and I'm telling you, this Andy Dalton kid, he's growing year by year, week by week. He's better than people give him credit for. All the weapons around him. Uh, I don't think the Chargers are, are historically very good on the road. Uh, I got Cincinnati. All right. Carlos, who you got, sir? Uh, I agree. I'm not – listen, man, the Red Rocket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know you struggled in the playoffs. But this is, this is week two, man. This is week two. Um, I got Cincinnati at home. I, as much as you don't trust uh, the Bengals, I don't trust the Chargers yep. on the road at all, man. Um. This is, you know, one o'clock start probably. Uh, West Coast team traveling to the East Coast. That's not going to go good for them. I got the Bengals winning this close game, exciting game. Give me the Red Rocket. <laughs> like All right. Here. I'm going to hop on the bandwagon. I'm going Red Rocket too, man. I, I think Tyler Eifert is going to have a pretty big game. A.J. Green over the top. Um, I think they got too many weapons. Um, you know, it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a shootout in a close game. But um, I, like, I like Cincinnati at home, man. Just like you said, you know, these players listen to the noise. I think Andy Dalton is hearing it. And I think he shows up big. I'm gonna tell you this: as much as much trash as I talk about Andy Dalton, I'm going with him at home. Yes, no, no, as much trash oh, no. As I talk about oh, Andy no. Dalton, I'm going with him at home. Oh, <laughs> just because I talk trash don't mean I'm stupid, man. Okay, Jesus. I mean, Carlos brought up an excellent point. It's an early kickoff for west coast team traveling on east coast they're traveling a couple thousand miles and i mean that's not going to that's not easy it's not but i like jeremy hill he's a dynamic running back and i still think san diego has some and some 
questions to answer on defense as far as their rush defense. I think their pass defense will be all right because they have Eric Weddle and Jason Barrett back there. They're pretty good in the secondary, and they'll keep that under wraps. But as far as being able to stop the run, I just don't think they'll be able to do that. And I see Jeremy Hill going off and having a big game, uh, maybe 100 yards plus, a couple of touchdowns, easy. So give me Cincy. Uh, we got <laughs> New England, Buffalo. I mean, the picks only get tougher from here, man. I mean, honestly, they only get tougher yeah. from here. No, Eric, I, I'm interested in what you have to say. <laughs> Eric, 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 Taylor Burns, um, what do you have to say about this game? You know, it's like you've been put on the spot, boss. And you know what? It's 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 a it's an early season matchup. Um, New England struggled a lot against. Uh, against Pittsburgh on defense. Um, I think that game was a lot closer than than it than it maybe uh, or it should have been closer than maybe the score said. Um man. <laughs> Listen, I'm going Buffalo, man. I'm going Buffalo. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> early season match. All right. All right. That defense is good. I think Geno Smith is not there. Tyrod Taylor's in the building. And uh, oh, I think Buffalo he gets early, yeah. man. I don't think they have enough film on him. I, I think he shows up. I think he's going to do something similar to how Nick Saban has trouble with the with the running quarterbacks. I think uh, I think uh, Bill Belichick will too. I'm going Bills week two. All right, Buffalo's at home. Don't forget that. Buffalo no doubt. Is at home. All right, uh, Carlos, go ahead. You called him out. Make your pick. Man. I agree with them, man. I called them out just to put some pressure on them. Again, like I said earlier, week two, um, Buffalo's at home. Still not enough tape on Terod Taylor to really make adjustments. Um, it's going to be, to me, low scoring, tight game. And um, I got I got Buffalo, man. If there's anyone that, that knows how to defend New England, it's Rex Ryan. And he has the weapons on defense. Um, I think New England catches up with them a little bit later in the season. And evens it up, but this week I got Buffalo. All right, I'm gonna tell you this. I let Brian pick last, and since I put him on the spot last, um, before I'm going New England, and I'm going New England because for as much as you know, Rex Ryan understands that New England offense, that New England offense is diverse enough. And to, you know, change up, change the game up on it to keep Rex Ryan on his toes. They bring back LeGarrette Blount, which is going to bring an excellent change of pace with Deion Lewis, who played well in game one. And and you have a healthy Rob Gronkowski. There's nobody on Buffalo's defense that can match up with Rob Gronkowski. They don't have the linebacker. And they don't have the safety play to be able to do it. They don't have Jarius Bird at safety anymore. He he left. And that was probably their best matchup with Rob Gronkowski. And I see Gronk having another big game, another multiple TD game, because that's all, all Tom has. And if you can't cover, how are you going to stop it? And so I'm going to England. I think we'll uh, we'll go ahead and agree on this one. You give Bill Belichick three extra days to prepare. He was probably just sitting in his laboratory on Sunday, watching the Bills play, just just dialing up how he's going to dissect that defense and stop that offense. Put the put the clamps down on Tyrod Taylor uh, because of Bill Belichick and his ability to game plan, and because I feel like the way the NFL offseason went, Tom Brady feels challenged. 
by the whole nation. He's going to wear that chip on his shoulder, and he's going to—he's just going to torch people this year. He, it, this is his MVP season, and he makes a statement for that early in week two. Uh, he goes on the road and gets the win. I got New England. Hey, somebody agree with me? Somebody agree with me? All right, so we got this nice NFC East matchup. Nice NFC East matchup. Dallas at Philly. City of brotherly love. We got the, the 430. They got the 430 game. Or actually 435 game. And Chip, Chip got to win, man. Chip got to yeah. win. Yeah. He had yes. to win. I agree. So I'm not saying that I picked the Eagles. I'm just saying Chip has to win. I agree. Um, I, I actually picked the Eagles to win this division this season. And though they blew that in Atlanta, if they're going to win a the division, they have to win this game against Dallas at home. They can't fall to 0-2 while losing to Dallas at home. So I'm going Philadelphia. I think um, they showed up in the second half. I don't know what happened in the first half of that game last week against Atlanta, but the second half was completely different. Um, I'm a believer in Sam Bradford. I know the injuries and, and the history, but I'm a believer. I think they come out. I think they put up points. You mentioned the physicality of Dallas, but I'm going to counter that with the, with the conditioning of the Eagles, man. And in the fourth quarter, with that tempo, man, they're going to be moving up and down the field. I predict somewhat of a high-scoring game, but I got Philadelphia pulling it out against Dallas this week. I, I like Dallas's offense. I like Dallas's offensive line. They give him, they give Tony Romo way too much time to be able to pick your team <laughs> apart. And if you watch, even though the Giants game was tough because the Giants always played them tough, Tony Romo was never under duress. And I think Philly's not going to be able to get enough pressure. And if they do if they are going to get pressure, they're going to have to blitz. And when you blitz, that's going to leave somebody open, and it's going to make it even easier. And so I'm I'm going with Dallas. I think Dallas had wants to prove that last season wasn't a fluke, and I think Tony Romo wants to prove that last season wasn't a fluke as far as him staying healthy and him being able to perform at such a high level. Granted, Dez is out, but that's going to be an, a, a greater challenge for him to prove itself because a lot of people think his success hinges on Des Bryant, Des Bryant being there. And I don't, and I don't tend to agree. So I'm going Dallas. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you and say that I think a lot of his success hinges on Des Bryant. Um, I also think that you're going to get a heavy, heavy or heavier dose of DeMarco Murray this week. And for as much as uh, Dallas has to prove, I think Chip Kelly, DeMarco Murray, that offense got a whole lot to prove. And they proved a lot of it in the second half uh, last week. Um, I, I, I think I think Philly's going to wear him down. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go Philly at home. So, for me, I wrote down Dallas. Then I crossed them out. Then I wrote down Philly. <laughs> and then I crossed them out. And then I had to sit here for a while and figure out what I really wanted. And then when I really broke it down, I thought to myself, Continuity with the coaching staff and with players is what makes great NFL teams. And when I look at the Philadelphia personnel, I think Chip Kelly is just doing too much. He's trying to do a plug-and-play system, run it like a college, and you just can't do that. You can't just trade for a quarterback and be great, trade for a running back and be great, trade offensive linemen, defense players and be great. I think that the three-headed monster at running back for Dallas is going to be featured this week. And I actually think instead of it being Randall that's featured, I think Darren McFadden, 
bursts onto the scene and has a huge game. And I just don't think Philly has the continuity and understanding their playbook. Uh, and they don't have the receivers, in my opinion, that are, are veteran enough to take the top off the Dallas defense. I think Dallas wins a close one. And Tony Romo proves again that he is one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. And people aren't going to say like when I say that. Oh, God. <laughs> but Romo goes on the, on the road and gets a win. I got Dallas. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I didn't like what I saw from Chip Kelly and his rush and his so-called rushing attack. He has a nice three-headed monster up there, but running those, trying to run those sweet plays isn't going to cut it against any NFL team. There's too much speed to get it before you can get to that perimeter. And, and if they can't run between the tackles, I'm just talking about for the season. If they can't run between the tackles in that offense, it's going to be a very long season for the Eagles. So <clears throat> last game, Seattle Green Bay. We got A.A. Ron. At home, and I'm taking it. I'm just going Green Bay. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Green Bay, you, A.A. Ron at home, Green Bay, and I liked last last season at the in the NFC Championship NFC Championship game. Granted, they had um, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, but the the best receiver for Aaron Rodgers that game was Devontae Adams. He gave Richard Sherman fits. He gave – I don't even care who the other scrub on the other side was because they, they weren't that good. Yeah, he's scrubbing in Philly right now. Yeah, he's scrubbing in Philly. Oh, that, that is true. He is scrubbing in Philly because Julio Jones ate him alive. That's Byron Maxwell, right? Can I take my pick back? I'm going A-Ron because Mike McCarthy is an excellent offensive head coach, and he's going to understand that in order to beat Seattle – you have to literally beat Seattle, and that's by running Eddie Lacy up a lot and often. Anybody else? Go ahead. I, I only. I'm not even gonna ask. Somebody just, just right, be well, bold. All right. I'm gonna just get it out the way because you know, I, in in the spirit of being uh, not being a fan and putting all of my hate for that god awful team in Wisconsin aside. Um, I, 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 I truly, I truly believe that the loss of Cam Chancellor um, is is going to hurt. I think it's going to hurt a lot this week. Um, lucky for Seattle, Jordy Nelson's not there because <laughs> it will hurt a lot more. Um, I think Eddie Lacy is going to be featured heavily. Um, this is a night game in Green Bay. I know all too well how tough that is. Um, I don't think it's going to happen this time. I, th- I think they put him away. Yeah, I, I I agree, man. Every game that Cam Chancellor doesn't play in Seattle plays without him, his price goes up, man. They need man. Him on the field. <laughs> um, I got Green Bay winning this game. Um, I, I Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback alive right now, man. No dif- disrespect to Tom Brady, but I'm not going against Aaron Rodgers at home. Eddie Lacy's a beast. That run game, they're gonna be able to do enough. Um, and I don't see uh, Seattle's offensive line man they have two rookies undrafted guys starting plus they lost their pro bowl center um that's secondary without cam chancellor man they got kind of torched a little bit by by nick Foles last week in in st louis so you go into lambeau field trust me aaron Rodgers hasn't forgotten that he's 0-3 against seattle the last three times he's faced them um this is a a serious team in, in green bay i got the packers winning this man yeah, I, I I think you all covered it all for me. I think the Green Bay Packers at home, Sunday night football, the best quarterback on the planet, um, 
a hungry team that feels like this is a revenge for three games, the last three times they played this ball club, and no Cam Chancellor and a couple other pieces are missing. Uh, this Seattle team just does not have the same hungry, aggressive identity that we've come to know over the past three years. I got Green Bay winning at home. Yeah, man. Well, it's almost that time. We're almost over. Now, it's time to leave the people with one last thing before we say goodbye. So, Eric, I'm going to call you Mr. Unprepared for this. Oh, ah. wow. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. go ahead. Give, give the people your one last thing. You know what? I got you right now. And and since you called me unprepared, I got I got something for you. Um, going back to the, to the Buffalo Bills and Tom Brady, uh, Buddy Ryan, Rex Ryan's father, once said that wide receivers only open if the quarterback can get it to him. I think you're going to see that this Sunday. Okay. Oh, he gave oh, you a Buddy Ryan quote. Yes, that's he it. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the Ryans. Oh, yeah. So don't disrespect me again. Yeah, yeah, let me get all them points. Let me get all them clicks. That's it. Yeah, give me all okay. them yeah, hey, clicks. You got one thing to lead the people with? I know, uh, I know I, you first, you're just joining, so you may not. So it's okay. Yeah. And, and I don't have my encyclopedia with me like Eric does, but uh, I'm going to just say. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to say, um, we talked a lot about teams and how we think they're going to do this week. And we based that off a lot of what happened in week one, man. And let's not let week one fool us. I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Last season, the Titans blew somebody out the water in week one, and they finished 2-14. and 14. Last year, the Dolphins blew out the Patriots, and the Pats won the Super Bowl, man. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. It's a long season. Um, we have some great matchups this week, man, and I can't wait. All right. He is. Go ahead, Brian. Hit us, hit us, hit us with it. You know you so, got it. Yeah, no, some, something I'm really looking forward to. There's a lot of marquee matchups that we touched on, but there's two games I'm going to keep my eye on that aren't marquee this week, and they involve the Cleveland Browns, and another game involves the Houston Texans, two of the more highly touted quarterbacks in the past, uh, I'd say, decade coming out of college from my favorite conference, the SEC, are getting a chance to get a start. Ryan Mallett's going to get a start for Houston, and Johnny Manziel's going to get a start, um, from what I understand, for the Browns. They haven't lived up to expectations by any means so far, but I don't think they've gotten their chances yet. Um, the, the team is theirs this week. The coaches have made it very evident. They both do have some weapons on their team, uh, both at running back offensive line and, and on the outside with a couple of those receivers. I'm looking forward to seeing if either one or both of them can step up to the, in the limelight in this league and actually prove that they belong. So I'm going to keep an eye on those two games. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to leave you with, with, with the fact that we all said it's early and there's it's it's so easy to, you know, overemphasize things that happen in week one, just like Carlos said. There There isn't anything major, I can tell you, that you guys haven't touched as of yet because the season is still young. I mean, you said Tennessee blew somebody out Last season still went two, two and fourteen. Well, they blew somebody out last Sunday and went to them, and they can still go two and fourteen. And the Bucks, for as bad as they looked, I don't think they're going to be that bad of bad of a team this season. Oh no, they're terrible. They're terrible. The <laughs> offensive line—they probably have the the worst offensive line in the league. That that yes, that do. that is that that is that, that nobody can look as bad like as them jerseys they used to have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, All right. that was, yeah. Well, you know what? 
I'm 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 gonna end it on this. We're gonna end it on that. I, I want to thank everybody for listening, everybody for uh, joining us. If if you were here with us live, um, we got what Mr. Fish at Cool Cat. We had Nancy. I don't even know. We had a bunch of people, but I appreciate everybody listening. Um, Eric, I appreciate you joining. Carlos, great having you on for the first time, even though we had a few technical difficulties. Uh, Brian, as always, I appreciate it. I know we got uh, daddy duties and and yep. other duties to get get to get to. <laughs> so you can you you can find me at Darrington G on all social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all of that fun stuff. Eric, where can they find you? You can find me at Coachy e. Burns on Twitter and Periscope and everything else, Mr. Performance for One. Brian. At the CFB Guru on Twitter and uh the Guru35 on Instagram. And the new kid on the block, Los. Uh, I want to thank you for having me on first, man. I, we got some technical difficulties, like you said, but we finally got it going this week. Um, Carlos R07 on everything. Real simple. Uh, all right. Man.